Chaplin. <laughs> Welcome to the market. Hi. Go ahead and park it. Hope that you are starving. Debbie Roots Deep got me thinking it's a parsnip. Every week I get knowledge to go. A year before everyone, how did they know? Figuring how they go college to pros. I pop it on listen and now I'm the pro. I'm still trying to grow. And they do the same. Hundreds of teams, too many to name. And yet they are filtering everything. Only the best, Shane Hallaman Kane. Marketplace, marketplace. Debbie is everything, marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Market Marketplace, marketplace, Debbie is everything marketplace Finding the talent is art, I'd say I leave it to them while I carve my name, Hey, Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Debbie Marketplace Podcast Kane Chain Nelly back with you again I'm back from vacation, I'm ready to tear up the Discord I'm ready to just throw some hot takes out Have no accountability for my actions And uh, just let it go, what do we think? Like I, I think that's exactly what we need in this episode. Uh, just, just, just throw it out there. Doesn't matter what you say. Get the hot takes. Get some people shocked. Yeah, you know, that's the way. That, that's the you way. Get it. That's the way. Nelly, thoughts? You in? I'm in. Let's do it. All right. So we're gonna start in. Uh, let's just start. I don't know. Conference by conference, baby. Um, yeah. What what conference do you guys want to start with? You got to start with the SEC, the Almighty right. SEC. Well, let's just let's just start there. We're going to go conference by conference. We're going to talk about um, who we believe is going to win that conference. Um, maybe what the final matchup is going to look like in each conference. Uh, maybe say a player or two that might surprise us in that conference that might be worth picking up Devi wise. Right, and realize there's a difference. We're talking Devi wise, not C two C wise. Right, and the big difference is who's going to score points for this in the NFL, um, and how that's going to translate there. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, so let's just get into it. Bain, who is winning the SEC this year? <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, look, I, I think it's tough not to say Alabama. Um, like the SEC West is just. I just don't see anyone competing with them to win the division. Like can Texas A&M beat them again? Can Mississippi beat them again? Sure. But I think Alabama is going to win that division. I think, I think the East is a little bit more challenging because I, I, I like, you know, Georgia has a great defense, but their offense could Stetson Bennett should be selling insurance right now. He should be playing college football or starting for an SEC team. So like, I think, Florida, I think Tennessee is a sneaky team. I even think South Carolina has some good players and uh, could could put together some good games. Which all that means to me is that like Alabama's probably just gonna win win the the conference championship. I, I I'm not a big fan of Georgia. Their defense will be great. I don't think it's gonna be you know 66 points allowed all season. Great. I think I think Alabama takes it this year. Yeah, I mean, are you on board? Are you on board the Bama train? Yeah, it's it's hard not to be. I, I don't know. They just year after year, they're just one of the best teams in the country. And Georgia's not who they were last year with a lot of those guys away on defense. And I don't know. Something we've learned over time is like the good SEC teams, like they win the SEC. Um, maybe they slip up in a game, but eventually they they usually prevail. So. 
I mean, I agree. I think it's going to be Alabama from the West, Georgia from the East. And I think Alabama is like significantly better than Georgia this year. And they will be the champs. Do we see a third team in there that like could compete or do we just really think that it's just those two teams at the top? I, I I think Tennessee can compete. Like, they have the players. I think they have a good coach with a unique offensive mind. Um, but I, I do think that it, you can't trust. Like, you just can never trust the Tennessee Volunteers. Like, you can't actually trust them to be good enough. But I think Hendon Hooker coming back. Um, they have the receivers. Like, I think Cedric Tillman's a good Debbie pick. I think he's a sneaky player who could be good. Um, I, you know, I think Tennessee actually could be that surprise team in the East beats Georgia, get some momentum and could do well. Yeah. I do think the East is where we see a potential slip up. Uh, I, my favorite team in the East is potentially Florida. I like the Billy Napier hire for Florida. I think Anthony Richardson has the potential to be really, really special. And I think, I think that run attack that Billy Napier is bringing in is going to fit in really well with the SEC. And I think someone like Montrell Johnson is someone whose whose stock we could see rise as a result of that. I think overall that there's a better chance that Vanderbilt wins two games than Alabama loses the SEC this year. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that is the most SEC statement ever. I love it. Well, it, it fits, right? The win total for right. Vandy is 1.5. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that in the SEC or total? They play Elon, so like... <laughs> that's total. That is total. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. So, I mean, it might not be the Elon, one win against Elon and then pick another. Northern Illinois. I don't know if they beat Northern Illinois. Hawaii. Oh, <laughs> well, those are their two shots right there. Yeah. So <laughs> that's it. Upset it's Mizzou. So Come on, let's make it happen. Like, I, there's a shot they don't beat Elon. Right. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. There's a shot. I mean, they, I, there's not many players on Vanderbilt's that are any good. So, so this will be a fun season for them. Yeah. Um, let, let's go to the next biggest conference. That's obviously the Big Ten. So let's just start. Uh, before you guys break my spirits, we're going to specifically <laughs> start Big Ten East. Okay, Big Ten East. Uh, why is Michigan going to beat Ohio State next? Okay, uh, so so you can break my spirit first, but not, <laughs> it's not your answer. Yes. <laughs> your team's better than mine. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I, I I don't think Michigan's going to <laughs> going to beat Ohio State this year. I mean, could you know it could happen, but like they you know they have kind of the run game. I think Michigan will be good, but I also I I think we could see like Penn State be decent. I think it'll be better than last year, um, but I I think it's going to be Ohio State Michigan. I think Michigan State takes a step back. But I think Ohio State's just just way too talented. I mean, get, getting Jim Knowles as a defensive coordinator is going to change that defense so they can win a game like the one against Michigan. Yeah, yeah. 
spot on. I think there's a better chance Michigan finishes third than than first. I think Penn State's going to be pretty strong. I think they have a solid chance to come in, come in second. I think as much as he gets kind of made fun of, I think, I think Sean Clifford is an okay college quarterback and didn't play that well last year because he was hurt for a majority of the year. Um, but, I, I mean, I think he can lead them to wins. Um, did you know – So you, we, we know that Sean Clifford's been there forever, but did you know that this is the first time that he'll be playing under – the same offensive coordinator in consecutive seasons. That's why I mean that's wild. Then that is awful. Like I feel bad for him now. And it's not as if it helped him last year either. That's crazy. Uh, so just thought I'd add that stat. Like I think Penn State um, is going probably going to be second, but I think they're only going to be second at like maybe nine wins total. Total right, that's year. that's obviously a loss against some good uh, West teams. So let's dive into the Big Ten West. I think everyone's in agreement that Ohio State's probably going to win the East, and we're probably looking at about an 11, 11 and one, twelve and zero, hopefully season uh, for Ohio State. Because uh, other than like Michigan's Michigan, Michigan State, like they don't have a lot of Ohio State doesn't have a lot of like really difficult non-conference games or anything yeah, like that. Notre, so they should Notre be able Day. to. Nah. I mean, yeah, yeah, you 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 got the Notre Dame stance mad at you. So I think Notre Dame, the Notre Dame team, does enough to get stands mad at them. <laughs> um, so we don't have to worry about that one. But let's dive into the West here because I think realistically, you're looking at three teams competing um, for the Big Ten West. To be honest with you, I think it's going to be the same three teams that have been competing for it for the past what three, four years, realistically. Right. I think obviously you have you have to have Wisconsin towards the top. Unfortunately, with Braylon Allen just as the second best running back in the Big Ten, probably overall behind Trevion Henderson. Right. Uh, then you have Iowa, who's still going to have a good defense. It's going to be a step back, probably because of the loss of a really really big um, linebacker. Their top linebacker obviously isn't there anymore, um, so that's obviously going to hinder them. The fact that they just have no ability to move the ball offensively uh, definitely should hurt. And then I think you have to include Minnesota, or maybe I'm just going to force you guys to include Minnesota in this conversation. Um, should realistically have close to the best offense out of those top three teams. Um, they have Kirk Sharaka coming back from when he was offensive coordinator in, tw- in 2019. Uh, Tanner Morgan's best season to date. I'm not saying Tanner Morgan's good at football because he's not. Um, but I think he can be better than what what was on the field last last year and the year before, right? I think asking Tanner Morgan to hold on to the ball too long is going to be a failure, and I think uh, Kirk Sherrock is definitely going to make sure that the ball gets out quickly, kind of what we saw with all those slants and kind of quick RPOs uh, in 2019. I think we're going to see a lot of that uh, with Mo Ibrahim and, um, and Tanner Morgan. I, I think it's going to be a competitive division. Like I'm with you. I mean, I mean, Purdue was one game out. I, I know you're a Jeff Brom fan. Uh, KNL's that's sarcastic. He is fine. He's fine. But you know, I mean, Aiden O'Connell is probably the best quarterback in the division. Um, yeah, I would say so. Probably by a, a step. Um, yeah. so I do think Purdue has a chance 
to compete for the division. I, I think I would put them in that in kind of a top four. Um, yeah, it's tough because I think I think Iowa has the best defense. Like, I actually don't think they lost their best linebacker. I think Jack Campbell's their best linebacker last year, um, and he's going to be good this year. The, the, they're like back end of their defense. Actually, I mean, their whole defense, all three levels, are pretty darn good. But like that offense is so bad. So I kind I kind of pick Wisconsin. I think to split the difference. I think Wisconsin has the run game. Uh, I think they'll have uh, maybe slightly better defense than Minnesota. Um, but Minnesota could run away. But like if Mo Ibrahim's back to what he was, I, th- I think he's still a, a deep Debbie pick that's worth taking because I think he's going to have some type of NFL future. I think Minnesota has a chance, but I'll, I'll pick Wisconsin to win. Um, I think it's going to be tight. I think all four of these teams are pretty good. I think Nebraska at least needs a shout, too. I know Kane's no. probably going to give me a dirty look now. Not even a look, <laughs> just a word. Um, no, but, I mean, I think they upgraded at quarterback. I, I agree O'Connell's the best quarterback in the division, but Casey Thompson's probably second best, and I also don't think that's very close. Um Nebraska last year was incredibly un- unlucky, and that's like proven analytically. Like they 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 had like one of the most unlucky seasons of all times in terms of their performance compared to their win total. So, in terms of expectation for this year, there there's some expectation of of regression there. And I don't know. I don't know if they can compete for the title. I think Wisconsin's the favorite here, but I wouldn't be surprised if they finish second. I would. Um, because here's the thing, right? With Nebraska, you have to count them in for at least one non-conference loss. Right? Because that doesn't matter Oklahoma. for their conference. Well, yeah, but that's it, true. It, it does matter if you think they're going to finish second. Like, because I think you're probably going to lose. Nebraska's probably going to lose two out of the three against Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Iowa. And then so then you're already at three losses and you're probably going to end up, they might lose to Purdue, right? Then all of a sudden you're down to four losses um, and there's no chance you're going to win the Big Ten West uh, with a team that's eight and four. Um, so I think that's, I think that's the issue with Nebraska. Um, at least that's my thoughts currently. Yeah. We'll it's, see. It's, it's, it's fair. I, I don't think I'm as big a fan of Casey Thompson as <laughs> Like, I'll, I'll take, he, he didn't I'll watch any Texas film. I'll take Graham Mertz over that's true. Casey Thompson, to be honest. And that's, no, sad. No. And that's sad. Analytically, Casey Thompson better than Graham Mertz. On the field, Tanner Morgan better than Casey Thompson. <laughs> Two years ago, Tanner Morgan, yes. This year, Tanner Morgan, same thing. Um, obviously, I'm going to choose that Minnesota wins the Big Ten West. Not a surprise, uh, I think, um, with my cheering them on at all home games. I think that should push them over the top. Um, and we just pray that Minnesota doesn't lose to a non-conference opponent. And if we happen to lose to a non-conference opponent, I just hope that it's not week one. Uh, that's what I care about more than anything else is just making sure we absolutely throttle New Mexico State. Now, while other people might not care about that game as much as I do, um, in case you don't know, New Mexico State is coached by the one, the only Jerry Kill. Uh, 
Jerry Kill most famously said when Tracy Clay's his predecessor at Minnesota was fired uh, that he would never step foot on the University of Minnesota campus ever again. Uh, and here he is facing Minnesota. So I truly hope that he gets throttled. He said some not great things about the PJ Fleck hire. So um, I just hope that they get absolutely destroyed at 8 p.m. Central Time on September 1st. As I am in, uh, I'll be in section 119, row 28. Well, the yeah. good news is they got the mighty Bowling Green off their schedule, so they can erase that loss off their off their See, season record. You get it. We don't have to worry about that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can can I dive further into Minnesota just for a quick second? <laughs> sure, wait, wait, sure. The next We're 10 minutes. <laughs> um, no, I think I think realistically, the most important game for the Minnesota. Gophers is week four right against Michigan State you're going on the road against Michigan State um you should have three wins under your belt I'm should right just like they should have beaten Bowling Green uh with New Mexico State Western Illinois and Colorado all home games uh you should be able to win all three of those then you're going into Michigan State your first true test on what is going to be an interesting Minnesota Gophers team right you're missing three out of five linemen that don't have a lot of history of playing at the college level. You have a defensive line that's going to need some work. You have a lot of questions at linebacker position, losing, um, losing Gibbon. So I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see how this team is going to uh, figure it out. Also, you need a second quarterback on the other side of Jordan Howard. So I think this team has a lot of question marks, but they've recruited well. Um, well, better than they have ever before. Um, so hopefully they take that step forward and Devin Eastern plays better on the defensive line. There you go. There's your Minnesota Minute from Kane today. Uh, and as everyone knows, if Ohio State or Michigan, or excuse me, Ohio State or Minnesota lose this season, we are going to act like that game didn't happen. Correct. Uh, that's, that's what happens here. And we're just going to move on and act like that wasn't a thing. Uh, so please respect our privacy in those rare moments where I, Ohio State or Minnesota lose. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State's going to win the Big Ten, though, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the, the team's stacked. I, I hope so. I'm with you. Uh, I guess let's move on to the ACC. Oof. ACC is is interesting, spicy. It's like how long is DJU going to play? You know what I mean? Yeah, how, how many weeks? I know. I he, he uh he's graduating in December, so he'll be eligible for. I was talking to my partner Brian. It's like, oh, he'll be eligible for the Senior Bowl. I was like, he's he's not even going to start till December, so he'll be able to be like, a grad transfer next year. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, I. I you know, when we had the show with Fred a couple weeks back, he's a Miami Hurricanes fan. I, I think Miami is set up to win the ACC this year. Um, I think the Coastal is fairly weak. Um, yes. You know, Virginia Tech always, like, pulls a couple wins out. But uh, North Carolina struggled last year. Uh, I mean, Pitt, I think it's going to be tough losing Pickett, Madison, and being able to – they have a really good defense – solid offensive line. I think they'll be contenders, but I think Miami is just 
you know, I think Cristobal's doing a really good job there. They have a lot of different options. Tyler Van Dyke's what he's supposed to be. I think they win the Coastal. I think they win the whole conference, personally. I think they're actually a, could be a playoff team if all things go well. There's my spicy take. The coastal. I think Pitt is probably second still. Like with Mumfield and Slovis and that defense, I think they can win enough games. Like I think Virginia is going to be tough uh, in some games too. They have they have you know really good receiving group, but I, I think Pitt's probably going to be second. Yeah, I nodded along to to Virginia because that offense could be so good. They have so much talent there on on the receiving end around Brennan Armstrong. It's just. It's a matter of if the new coaching hire will manage to not inhibit their offense while also improving their defense because that defense was, like, worst in the country last year. They were so bad. Um, but they, they don't have to be incredible to win this conference. As you said, it, it's pretty weak. Yeah, I, I think those receivers are, are decent deep Debbie assets as well. Um, Dontavian Wicks and uh, Katayan Thompson, I think, are – worth picking up in a deeper, you know, depleted Debbie space as well for Virginia. Like, yeah, I, I agree with you. There. Just say don't sleep on Virginia Tech. They're, all, they're always tough. I think they, I think they get a little sneaky. I think there's a chance you could be looking at like an eight win Virginia Tech team, which in the coastal, might be good enough for a second in in the division. Or at least in that conference. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, I feel like, like talent-wise, they're just not quite up to stuff. Um, you know, I mean, who's got, is, is Grant Wells going to start a quarterback? Like, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be tough. They have some tough you know, Pitt, North Carolina, NC State, you know, on the road, um, I think is difficult. So, like, even even like Boston, you know, Boston College, it's going to be like I don't know if they can beat Boston College week two. Like, I don't, know, you know, I don't know about that. So, that's fair. What do we think on the uh, top side of the conference here in the Atlantic? The Atlantic the Atlantic's tough, man. I mean. It, it's going to be good. Like Clemson, as much as we crap on DJU, it's still Clemson. Like Kate Klubner could come in and they could be, they could be really good again. Like it could definitely happen. Um, like Florida State, which were Travis is interesting. Like Louisville with Lee Cunningham, a quarterback's interesting. Boston College, Phil Jerkovic's back and Zay Flowers is back. Um, and Pat, Pat Gar was pretty good at running back. And NC State is you know, Devin Leary is getting a lot of NFL hype. You know, he's probably a super flex Debbie option at this point with how much Devin Leary at NC State's getting. But I, I think Wake Forest is the team this year. I think, you know, they really put together a good offense last year. Sam Hartman at quarterback, um, A.T. Perry at receiver. He was also a legitimate Debbie asset. Um, you know, they kind of have a good team, and they actually have a couple defenders that are pretty good. I think they're going to still give up a lot of points, 
Um, I mean, they gave up the third most points in the, in the division last year, but I think they're going to score over 300 for the season again. Um, so I, I think I'm p- picking Wake just to beat out Clemson um, for, for the Atlantic. I like that call. Wake's going to be fun. Um, that offense is going to be good. It's kind of gimmicky. So it's kind of questionable how it translates to the NFL, but they have a lot of talent there. Uh, and they bring in or they bring back Donovan Green, who was someone who was getting hyped up last offseason before he before he hurt his knee there. Um, but he's healthy again, and I think him and A.T. Perry are going to be a great one to punch. I like NC State. I think I, I, Devin Leary's kind of underwhelming as an NFL prospect, but I think he's a gamer and he's a great college quarterback who can like He's the type of guy who can win you games in college. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know if Clemson's going to figure it out. I, I, this DGU's, DJU saga might take them a while to kind of work through, and that might sacrifice some losses. So um, I think with the expectation of that happening, I, I think I like NC State this year a little bit more than Wake Forest. I think the entire conference comes down to November 5th. Right, that's Wake Forest versus NC State, right? And I think that game is going to be the most telling of kind of what happens on this uh, top side of the conference. Um, I have NC State just winning over Wake Forest just because NC State has a better defense. Um, They're returning just so many guys on their team. So I have them kind of edging out... um, edging out Wake Forest. They're returning 18 starters, including the best linebackers. So I'm just going to assume that they're going to kind of take the cake there. Um, so I, I think NC State wins. And then I think we're honestly dealing with NC State versus Miami in the championship game. I think it's fair. I, we, we all are probably selling Clemson short. I mean, that's going to be the best defense in the whole ACC. Like probably by a, a decent amount too. Like Clemson's defense is going to be phenomenal. That's my only fear of just poo-pooing them for NC State and Wake, like I did. Um, that they're just they're just gonna hold teams to like two scores a game and somehow squeak these out. Well, the over for Clemson or the the win total for Clemson is ten and a half. Ten and a half. So. I mean, I think that's probably fair, right? I mean, they're going to win. They're going to sweep their at-a-conference fairly easily, other than maybe Notre Dame. Dame's mad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, no, no. But, you know, I mean, they'll beat, they'll beat Furman. They'll beat L.A. Tech. And they'll – so – and they, well, they, they had six in-conference wins last year to, like – I don't know. I, I They'll probably, they'll, they'll probably win – 10 is probably a good number, but like they could win 11. Yeah, it's, it's, that's that's a good number. It's tight. Well, especially since they're not facing Notre Dame until November 5th, right? So it's going to be – it's one of the last four games of their season. So I think that certainly helps things. Hopefully Clemson has things figured out before they have to face Notre Dame because I think Notre Dame's defense is going to be really good. I think their mm-hmm. offense is going to have a whole lot of question marks. Um as they're kind of led by Freeman, um, they're going to be much better defensively than offensively. But I think Clemson has a tough task on back-to-back weeks um, going at Wake Forest and then NC State at home. 
them. I think those games are going to be really, really tough on weeks four and five for them. So curious to see how they're going to kind of do things there. Yeah. Uh, the ACC is going to be competitive. I think, I think we'll have some upsets throughout the year um, for sure. So who's winning the ACC then? Yeah, I mean, I'm taking. I have Miami as a playoff team there, so I'm I'm taking Miami. Uh, give me NC State at ten and two. Yeah, I, th- I think we see a a two loss winner. I feel like I'm more confident on that than naming the actual team. But uh, give me NC State as well. Take that, Shane. Let's move Miami, on to Miami the- undefeated. Oh. Here we go. <laughs> I, I wish. <laughs> what a time that would be. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, let's get into the Big Twelve here, Shane. Who do you think is uh, just going to win the Big Twelve? Just- <laughs> like, yeah. we, we don't have divisions. We don't have enough teams for that. So yep. you know, um, gosh, it it, it it's uh, the Big Twelve so difficult to me because I like Oklahoma State is so well coached and just they, 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 they have a, a pretty solid squad. Spencer Sanders is pretty good. Like they probably should win again. Um, but I mean, the Texas hype does get me. Cause I think, I, I think the defense has some good players and they brought in some good players. I don't know if they have the pass rush that they need. And like, we're just guessing on Quinn Ewers here. Like if he is what he's supposed to be, that offense is going to be near unstoppable. Um, I, I think Oklahoma is going to take a step back. You know, I think losing Lincoln Riley and that whole deal, a lot of players moving away. I think it's going to be a tough year for them. Um, Baylor just doesn't quite have the chops for me to hang. Um, and actually, Texas Tech is, is is a team that's going to win more than they lose in the conference. But uh, I'll, you know what? I'll go for. It. I'm going to say Texas. I'm going to go Texas. I think there's just there's a lot there. I think a defense will be better, um, and I think it's going to come down to them against Oklahoma State for who wins this this uh, conference. Yeah, give me Oklahoma State here. I, I like them a lot. I actually think Spencer Sanders is the type of guy who could kind of put it all together his senior year. I don't know, I don't know if there are Debbie tools there per se, but I think he could end up having a pretty solid season because he's he's a talented guy and has always just kind of struggled a little bit with decision making. Uh, has put up some interception numbers before, but as you as you said, they have a they have a strong defense. You know, they they always run the ball well. I really like Jaden Bray on the outside as a wide receiver to step into that one, wide receiver one role there. Um, and I don't know, I, is Texas ever back? I just I won't believe it until I see it. I'm sorry. That's just probably safer. Uh, Oklahoma State is safer, but this is this is the podcast for the hot takes. Texas is back, baby. Are you are you ready for some hot takes? Yeah, I'm gonna give you one, Shane. I know you're I know you're uh, hating on my Baylor Bears here. Uh, yeah, I think the yeah. Baylor Bears end up winning the conference at ten and two. Uh, I think they tie with Oklahoma State at ten and two, but Baylor beats Oklahoma State during the regular season, and they get that number one spot. I just, I just don't know where the talent is on Baylor this year. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just don't know. But where you it is. don't need to find the talent because the defense is so bad that they're facing. All the defenses they're facing are going to be so bad. Yeah, I mean that's like that's fair. That is the Big Twelve in a nutshell. <laughs> 
Right. And I think the best part that Baylor has is they only lost one contributor on the offensive and defensive lines combined. So you have the best guys going into the trenches, probably the best defensive lineman in the Big 12, a chance at probably the best duo at defensive line in the nation in Apuika and Jackson player. So I think if you add both of those guys, yeah. Do you like these defensive names, Shane? I'm just coming like, in. You're, you're oh. saying defensive names, and then, and then you want to call them the, like the best tandem in the country? Is that what you said? They could. Like, I, they'll probably be the best in the Big 12. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. Um, I yeah, think I the mean, defense is going to be better. I think, I think when you deal with the entire Big 12, I think there's a lot of piss-poor interior offensive line play that's going to make these guys look better than they actually are statistically they're probably going to be near the top uh just because the interior offensive lines that they're facing are going to be so bad Uh, not that they're the most talented right no that's fair i mean i'm interested to see i you're right about the offense like getting connor galvin back is key for the baylor's offensive line but i just like the offensive talent is just you know they lost both their running backs i think it's gonna be tough to be honest i i just started googling Baylor names, and I just chose those two. <laughs> look, look, I mean, <laughs> look, I was like, you, you got me. I mean, I mean, uh, Siaki Ika's a legit talent. These are my top six defensive linemen for this next draft. So I, I just think obviously the tough part is like who is going to run the ball and catch the ball for Baylor. I think that's obviously the the big thing, right? But I think in the Big Twelve, I think they're just easy easy enough to play against that you can just find someone. And I think that's just easy enough. Yeah, so I mean, someone's got to throw it to. I think you'll find the right guy. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's Shapen. So All right, there you go. Blake Shapen. And that's my thought. I've been picking him up in a lot of C2C leagues, so that's who I think is going to be uh, the starter. Um but here's a question, do you think Kansas or Vanderbilt wins more games this year? Kansas, because Vanderbilt's that bad. Uh, Kansas will beat Texas, so that pencils in one <laughs> win this year, and then they just need to find one other one. <laughs> oh, man. I I think, you know, yeah, I'm going Kansas. I think Kansas wins two games. I think they beat Tennessee Tech, and I think they beat Duke. I think Duke is worse than Kansas. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Um, but that's that's our uh, Big Twelve. Do we want to talk Pac twelve? Yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely. What is while well, we still can, right? Yeah, <laughs> our last yeah. season talking Pac twelve. Uh, we got one more. We got one more. Uh, so Shane, just rip off the band aid. <laughs> uh, uh, who's gonna win the? Pack twelve, yeah, it, it's. I mean, there's some good teams, and there's some like really bad teams. Uh, you know, I think USC, Utah, Oregon will all be pretty good. I don't think anyone else will be good. Like UCLA might flash a little bit for us for Devi for you know Zach Charbonnet and um, that you know uh, even I like I like to be a little Jake Bobo transfer in there from Duke he had to get out out of the horrendous Duke situation to go to UCLA um but you know look I, I think Utah 
can I think they're going to squeak it out. Like I think USC with Lincoln Riley with Caleb Williams is going to be tough, but I, I think it's an adjustment to have that big of a change that quickly, even with the offensive talent they have there, Travis Dye and Jordan Addison and Mario Williams. I think defensively, USC is still going to struggle a bit. Um, whereas I think Utah, you know, that Rose Bowl game is not indicative for them or Ohio State. Both teams had players sitting out hurt on defense. You know, Utah's a top-tier corner. Um, they have really good pass rushers. And they just have, you know, Cam Rising's very good. They have an offense. Tavian Thomas is very good. I, I think Utah's going to be – I think they're going to win the South. I think that the Utah-USC game is one to circle, though. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, I tend to agree with Shane on on that game being the deciding moment there. I, I actually really like USC. I think I think Lincoln Riley's a good coach, maybe not the best person, especially if you ask Oklahoma fans. But uh, I don't know. I, I think that offense is going to be really, really good. I'm, I'm a big believer in Caleb Williams. I think the one-two bunch of, of Mario Williams and Jordan Addison is, is really strong there. And I think teams are going to have a difficult time stopping them. It's going to come down to if, if they can get any stops on the other side of the ball because their defense is, is not going to be the best. Um, so that might ultimately lead to Utah winning that matchup because I think they're a little bit more well-rounded. But I'm excited to watch USC this year. I think – we have to talk about Oregon. Um, I think there's a solid chance that Oregon is like a 9-10 win team this year. Um, like You also have to realize that they're not facing USC. So the two hardest games that they have on the roster this season, obviously, is going to be versus Georgia. Uh, so there's an L. Uh, and then Utah. But like besides that, you're facing like Eastern Washington, BYU, Washington State, Stanford, Arizona, UCLA, um, Cal, Colorado, Washington, Oregon State. Like, there's not a lot of really, really difficult games in there. So I think even in Dan Lanning's first season, I think you could be looking at like a 9-10 win Oregon team here. Yeah, I, I think it's possible. Um, I mean, I think they're going to get crushed by Georgia. In the 100%. End. Yeah, 100%, right? And then, you know, I, I the Utah game is at home. I think that sets them up well. And, yeah, I, you know, I actually th- I think BYU could be tough, but that's at home. So I think they have a good shot there. I'm with you. I think Oregon is going to do well. I, th- I think the one team in the north that could contend is Washington State with, you know, with, uh, you know, with Cam Ward there now. I think they're going to have an interesting offense. Um and they, you know, they have some good pass catchers. The C2C guys know, but I think like Cam Ward's a legit quarterback moving up uh, to the higher level. If he can play as well as he did at, at a lower level, I think they could contend. But Oregon just has such a good defense, you know, even without, um, you know, even without Kayvon Thibodeau, Noah Souls, maybe one of the best defensive players at linebacker in the country. They have a good secondary, good corners. Yeah, I think I think ten wins is really really possible for them, and then I think they lose to whoever wins the South in the title game. Who's that other middle linebacker that Oregon has? That's also really good. Justin Flau is the guy that was the five star that has not quite lived up to his billing, but like this could be the year, right? Like he's super athletic and looks super fluid, but just hasn't lived up to it. 
And if he does, like, then that that defense is going to be super tough. Which makes sense it in a Georgia defense, a really athletic guy being able to basically run sideline to sideline, I think is going to be really effective. The only, I think the only difficulty that Oregon's going to run into is they're going to face a few more teams that like to throw it a little bit more than Georgia would normally face. Um, and I think that's going to be the main issue that they run into. Um, so we'll see what happens on the, on the backside for Oregon um, with the cornerbacks and safeties and see if they're going to be good enough. Um, Cause I think that's going to be, the biggest question but realistically i think whoever wins the other side beats oregon uh, which is probably going to be either utah or usc yeah that's fair but we at least had to give oregon some love yeah like yeah. i think their defense is going to be very very good yeah i think the defense will be good i think the offense has potential too but you know um you know nelly's out here saying they should run the ball every play because they've Byron Cardwell, so no trust in Bone Nicks. I I wouldn't. I mean, I think there's a non-zero chance that Bone Nicks puts it together. I I I don't think it's much higher than non-zero, but I think I think it's greater than zero. He finally got out from under Gus Malzahn, and still couldn't figure it out. So I think it's going to be tough. I I also I'm betting the Stanford over on wins. I think. Stanford is a sneaky team that could could end up being second or third in the division. Um, I would take the over on Arizona. Yeah, Arizona has some interesting transfers as well. It's at two and a half wins. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels it feels low. What's their what's their out of conference like for Arizona? Uh, North Dakota State, Colorado. Uh, San Diego State, San Diego State, Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. Yeah, I mean that North Dakota State. Might, that that might be the game that determines if they go over or not. And North Dakota State's probably going to be good. Yeah, right. That's going to be tough. But I mean, Arizona could like they could upset Cal. Like they they could beat Arizona State. Like I think they could contend. Like they could be Colorado. Yeah, I would take that over as well. I think Arizona State is going to be rough this year. I think they come in last in the Pac-12. In the, in the entire conference? Yeah. Wow. And yeah, I think they're, they're an absolute at, dumpster fire. Their win total's at six. <sighs> Might have to put some action on that. <laughs> uh, well, their out-of-conference schedule is Northern Arizona, Eastern Michigan, Colorado, and Oklahoma State. Northern Arizona, that producing uh, case of XFL or USFL legacy, I believe. Hey, someone like has it. to produce them, baby. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Something for that, right? Yeah. 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 That's, that's tough. There's no way they're getting like six. Like, six two, seems tough. Like, if they win those two, it'd be Stanford, Colorado. Arizona? I don't think they're going to beat UCLA. Washington? Yeah, like you got to be you got to be one of UCLA, Oregon State, Washington State. You got to beat Arizona and Arizona and like that's giving them Arizona, Stanford, Washington like which is not a, not give me games. And that's also giving them Northern Arizona, Eastern Michigan. So like that puts them at 5. I don't think they beat UCLA. No, I don't. They're think not so. going to beat Oklahoma State, Utah, USC. 
No. So, you know. So basically, they got to sweep the back end of their schedule. <laughs> like, is the hope that Emery Jones does well? Yeah, I, mean, I guess that's what you're hoping for. That can't feel great. And you got new running backs. Yeah, I mean, you. Right. They have Xavier uh, Valade yeah. transfer there. He'll probably start. Sure, but I don't think that inspires a ton of confidence. No. It's tough. It's tough. Now we might not be wrong. I'm, I'm very rarely wrong. <laughs> Some, someone clip that and. <laughs> tell Whatever you do, don't clip Tell him all the times he's been wrong. Yeah, right. Just at any time, just quote tweet him, just put that clip. Yeah. Uh, anything else we need to talk about here? Pac-12, we hit the five majors. Yeah, I, th- I think we're good. good what about, we can touch on Notre Dame, the lone independent, good or bad this year? Okay, good, Kane. Uh, they'll be seven and five. Okay, you're already here, seven and five. Let me even tell you what games they win. Sure. Um, so I think they're going to beat Marshall. I think uh, week two, I think they beat Cal. Um, but I think they're going to struggle. Um, I think they squeak by UNC. Um, I think they lose to BYU. Um, I think they lose to Stanford. I think they beat UNLV. They, I think Syracuse is a toss-up. They probably lose to Clemson. <laughs> Uh, they beat Navy, they beat Boston College, and they're probably used lose to USC. Ouch. Ouch. So they maybe go six and six. <laughs> I, I'll take I'll take the over on that. I don't think they'll struggle with Cal. I yeah. think they'll be better than that. Like I still said they'd win. But I I don't think they have an offense is the problem. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, they, they have one of the best centers in the country. They they have multiple running backs. A lot goes with what Tyler Buckner has. Like, Avery Davis is not a bad receiver. I, I, th- I think they win 10 games. Nah, I would take the heavy under on that. <laughs> you want to even it out and say eight? I'll take the under, you take the over? Uh, sure. Twenty-five smackers to charity. <laughs> how? Yeah, how, yeah. How many? I feel like I'm just like fueling uh, the, a bad thing here, but yeah, I'll uh, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. over under right. eight 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 pushes. Perfect. Let the people know in the chat so they'll keep yeah, us honest I'll, here. I'll uh, Shane, you want to teach us something? Yeah, let's let's do it. I feel like this is something that we brought up before. I can't actually think you brought it up before, but I, I thought it was something take a deeper dive into though i have a small fear i've done this one before like i, I think i'm hitting that point um but it's it's about the history of australia because i find it like super interesting that australia started as a penal colony in 1788 like you know the, the basically in the british used to send their prisoners actually to the united states and they're like eh 
it's kind of doing well. We don't want to hinder that. So we'll take this giant island and just slap them on there. So from 1788 for 80 years, about 160,000 convicts were transported to Australia uh, and just like slap. Good luck, you know, put you on this island filled with animals that will murder you and like, good luck. We don't really care what you do. Uh, and so obviously, you know, that's a lot of people. They set up their own societies. And today, about about 20% of Australians are descendants of these convicts that were there in some form or fashion. Um, I mean, when I say convicts, it's like it wasn't just like murderers and stuff. Like there were children that were sent there for stealing sugar. Like basically you did anything. And if, if you were lower class, the British just like send you to Australia. So um, that's how Australia started. Now it's like an awesome country and one of the places on my bucket list to go. So I have a question for you, Shane. Can I make a recommendation for the history segment next week? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I would like you to talk about the School of the Americas. All right. We'll do it. I just learned about this. And it's blowing my mind currently. Uh, that's why. I, that's why I love you, Kane, because you you find out stuff. And you're like, wow, this is awesome. I, everything usually blows my mind, to yeah. be honest. Um, but let's dive into these buys and sells. Obviously, I'm selling the entire Notre Dame team. But uh, Shane, did you want to start? Yeah, I could start. Um, I'm going to buy uh, quarterbacks, basically NFL dynasty quarterbacks that are going to become free agents next year. So like Gardner Minshew is a good guy to pick up if he's on waivers or trade nothing for. Um, he's going to be a free agent. And we saw this year, like Mitch Trubisky was free a year ago eh, as a backup to the bills. Like you should have bought him. If he starts, it's worth it. If not, you didn't pay much. Even Tyler Huntley in Baltimore, he's a restricted free agent, but might command more than the Ravens want to pay him to be a backup or, you know, teams might claim him. Uh, for a second round pick or something, third round pick, whatever it is. Um, so, like, I think that those type of quarterbacks are buys. Look at that every year, guys. To stack your bench with. Uh, I'm gonna sell DJU. We we're just talking about Clemson. Like, I, I just don't think he makes it through the season. I think Kate Klubnik is the incoming five star. Is like super talented. He's my top freshman quarterback. Um, and people still are still drafting him in Devi drafts. So just a draft in DJU. So I would, um, I'd sell them. You can get a Debbie pick and just re-roll that and like pick, pick a random quarterback from next year's class. You probably have a better shot uh, at NFL future. My unknown is uh, LSU tight end slash receiver, uh, Jack Beck. It really intrigues me. I was watching LSU recently and he kind of stood out to me. And I think in that tight end class in 2024, we have Brock Bowers, we have Nelly's boy, Michael Trigg, you know, maybe Jatavian Sanders for Texas. I think, I think Jack Beck actually has a good shot uh, at being, you know, the a move receiving tight end receiver, you know, Mike Gesicki type in the NFL. I think he's intriguing, but LSU might be garbage. And like, I don't love tweeners like that. It's only 215 pounds. And if he's a receiver, I think he's worthless. So I'm not really sure what to do with him. Nelly, do you want to go or do you want me to go? I can go. All right. Uh, I am buying Traylon Burks. I think there was a lot of noise with him over the offseason with, with the asthma potentially being out of shape, missing some of the rookie manning camp time. And I think I think his price deflated a little bit there. But um, 
as training camp has started, he's started to get a little bit more hype. Um, and I'm not sure if his price is fully caught up. He's still my rookie wide receiver one in this class. I think it's close, but he's still the the wide receiver one for me. And he's not priced that way. So, so I'm looking to buy him potentially before the season as there's still a little bit of a neg- negative stigma around him. Um, pivoting to Debbie for my sell, I am selling Jadon Blue at Texas. Uh, now he's viewed by a lot as, as one of the top incoming running backs. Um, he wasn't as high in the services, but he was his junior year before he missed his senior year. So, so the talent's there. Here's the issue. He's, he's behind Bijan, but he's also behind Roshan Johnson. He's behind Jonathan Brooks, potentially. He's the running back four there at Texas. Um, so he's not really going to see the field much this year. And the roster just came out for Texas. He, he weighed in at 190 pounds, uh, about 10 pounds less than expected, at least 10 pounds less. And that's worrying. You know, we know for running backs that, that you need to be in at least plus 200, closer to 210 is ideal. So weighing in at 190, not seeing the field at all, and he's getting drafted in the second round of Debbie drafts this year, I just I don't like that at all. Wait wait and draft him next year or trade for him next year when his price goes down a little bit if you like him that much. But um, I just I don't see the appeal this year. Uh, my unknown is, is Daniel Jones. Um, because Daniel Jones is probably not very good, right? Like he's been bad so far in his career. He's had some shaky camp reports already where he seemed inconsistent. Um, but the market has that kind of priced in that, that he's not very good. And, and something that we do know is that when he's on the field, he scores fantasy points because he's, he's, he's athletic. You know, he runs the ball. He might trip right before he gets to the end zone, but he'll get you a 70 yard run before then. Um, so I kind of like buying him for cheap with this with this kind of depressed value, and I also think it's kind of in conjunction with 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 uh, Shane's theory there. We're like, I I would be surprised if he was on the Giants next year, but I think he'll get a shot again to be a starter. Where probably like a Mitch Trubisky situation where where you like come in and you, and you're a spot starter for a little bit, but I don't know. I just I I think at his value he's. He's an okay buy, but he's also just like kind of a gross buy, if that makes sense. So I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to dive into some of the – I'm going to buy probably one of the best players in college football. Um, I think now is the time to get more shares of Trevion Henderson. Um, And here's what I would be willing to pay. Um. Like, let's just look at a guy like Najee Harris, right? So I'd be willing to give up, like, Najee Harris for Trevion Henderson plus, like, a, a guy like, I don't know, Rashad Penny. I can hopefully get some production this year, but if they want that top-tier production in Najee Harris, well, then that's perfect trade for him. Right, I think those. I think that's a move that that I would want to be looking at. Um, if you have any Nasha Harris shares and you're kind of looking to get to Trevion Henderson, um, so there's a possible move. Um, a guy that I'm selling. Um, oof, I'm probably selling. Though I love Travis Etienne, I'm probably selling on the Travis Etienne hype right now. Um, I'd rather have a 23 first than Travis Etienne. 
Uh, and I like him a lot. I think he's a really good player. But you're probably talking about a guy that's like a RB2 if he hits. Um, and I'd rather have a 23 first than an RB2. Um, unknown. Um, I My unknown is probably every Miami running back. We did uh, Miami wide receivers last week. Um, so we're going to move to Miami running backs. Like, I just don't know how quickly Chris Doball gives the reins to Trevante Citizen, right? I think that's the question, right? And so I think we end up, like, in this conundrum of, like, Jalen Knighton still having, like, 500 rushing yards this season. Like, and he probably shouldn't. Right, but then there's going to be some people that start hyping him up for the NFL if he chooses to enter because he sees the writing on the wall with Citizen. Right, so I think that my unknown stock is just like how that whole offense is going to shake up. Like Citizen is the best running back in that room, but is he going to get all the touches like the best running back in that room? Right, and I assume not. And I think we're probably going to be in just kind of a a split, um, and that's probably one of the worst things for for us to try to figure out right who's going to be a guy that we can lean on in the nfl yeah i think it's gonna be a four-way split henry Parrish is probably gonna be the lead back and don cheney will be back it's gonna be a mess like i just have no interest in in that i think like i still want to get citizen and i think there's going to be a really good buy window a few weeks into the year where people are like why isn't citizen starting right and that's a chance where you can kind of uh, get a few extra shares. Um, but overall, I think it's going to be really, really tough to get any any additional ones. Uh, anything else, guys? No, good show. Hey, make sure you join the Discord. It's completely free. Um, we're going to be talking a lot about college football. Um, we already had a large argument about the Big Ten West. Um, I'm not a Jeff Brom guy. Uh, some people are. That's all right. Um, but get in there. We're going to have all these fun conversations. We're going to be talking about college football um, for months. So make sure you get in there and talk about it with us. We're going to have an absolute blast. Uh, but for us here, we are out. Thank you so much for listening. And just remember, we appreciate every single one of you.